Well, good morning. Hopefully my mic is on and working. You hear me okay? All right. Um, good to see all of you here this morning. Um, you know, God is always good to show up to these things. You know that? He's just good to bring his presence into this place as we worship him. And um, just an incredible time. So just spend a few moments this morning worshiping. Um, we, we started 2022 with a sermon series called Win the Day. Um, it's at least loosely based on the book, um, Win the Day, by Mark Batterson. Um, in the series, we've been developing um, seven daily habits that will help us kind of better live into what God has for us. Um, the first two habits um, were really in the category of um, making sure that whatever happened yesterday doesn't mess you up today, right? Just doesn't knock you off your focus for, for this day. And the truth is that sometimes we start off our day already defeated, right? That does happen to us. Um, you remember what habit one was? Anyone? Flip the script. Someone was paying attention. Thank you for paying attention. Um, uh, all of us have past experiences, right? All of us have uh, personal stories, family stories that that have an impact on us. They inform us of who we are, um, what we're capable of. The problem with some of those past experiences is sometimes they're not true. Um, what they're trying to inform us of is not true. So flip the script is really about choosing to believe, um, to really let the past be the past and, and live into God's story um, for our lives. Um, just because we struggled uh, a different day yesterday um, doesn't mean that, that that should determine our future, right? It shouldn't determine what we're doing today. Do you really believe that God can change your story? That's, that's the question you have to deal with on this first habit. There, there are some amazing examples in Scripture of how our God is a story-changing God. And that really has to be something that we hold on to. If you want to change your life, you have to start with believing your story can change. Flip the script. How about habit number two? Don't answer that this time, Pep. Anyone else? Kiss the wave. Kiss the wave. Do we ever have difficulties in our lives? Nah, right? We never have a wave knock us down. Of course we do, right? In fact, Jesus promised us that we're going to have some trouble in this place. And, and so how, do we, how we deal with these obstacles, how we deal, deal with these difficult things is really huge in winning the day, right? We can't let those difficulties hold us back. We can't let those hard things overtake us and push us away from God and his plan for our lives. In fact, our hope is that we can lean more into God, that we would actually allow our difficulties to push us toward God and cause us to trust in him even more, kissing the wave. As Charles Spurgeon said, we have to kiss the wave that throws us against the rock of ages. Um, the obstacle's not the enemy. The obstacle really can be the way to trust in God more. Kiss the wave. So if we choose to start our days off um, with this belief that today can be different than yesterday, right, that God can flip our script, and, and if we choose to step past the difficulties and and allow them to actually help us lean further into God, um, that's a big part of putting our past in the past, right? That's a big part of, um, I can't remember which Disney movie it was, but to put our behind in the behind, right? 
Um, as Mark Batterson states it, the first two habits are really about burying our dead yesterdays. Burying our dead yesterdays. And, and that really sets us up for success in winning the day because we actually then can start living in that day, right? Not living yesterday again. Um, so last week, we actually got started into the third habit. Um, it was a pretty fun one, right? Pastor Nathan did a good job with that one. He, he introduced this habit. Eat the frog. That's a pretty easy one, to, easy one to remember, isn't it? Eat the frog. Ew, right? Who wants to eat a frog? Um, what was eating the frog about? It was based on Mark Twain's quote, if it's your job to eat a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning. And if it's your job to eat two frogs, it's best to eat the biggest one first. What in the world is he talking about? Well, he's saying that how you start your day is important, right? Our morning rituals can either set us up for success or failure. Um, so be aggressive. Attack the day. Don't, don't be a wimp. <laughs> because you know what? There's difficult things that happen, right? Difficult things that we have to move into the day and do. And we can't just say, ugh, oh man, I have to do that today. I think I'll hit the snooze button and just stay in bed today, right? We can't do that. No, get up and eat that frog. Just get it over with, right? And we know that if we don't, that that frog's still going to be hanging around tomorrow, right? And it may have some buddies with it. We don't want to enter into a day that has all sorts of frogs, all sorts of difficult things we have to get done. That's no fun, right? So don't give yourself a chance to put it off. Eat the frog. Eat the frog. If we're going to win the day, eat the frog. If we want, to, if we want God to do the super in our day, sometimes we just have to grab the bull by the horns and do the natural, right? Do our part. Now, all frogs aren't bad, and that's where Nathan got into this conversation around frogs um, that are actually really important to help us to get our day started right. A really important frog for us is, is spending time with God, um, spending time in his words, spending time in prayer, working on that relationship with the Lord. Um, and really, if we can make that a part, on kind of an automatic habit in our life, I mean, how much better is our day going to be when we have the wisdom of God and the strength of God? And, and how's that going to help us more for the rest of the day, right? So have you been working on that habit? Have you been including God in your, in your morning rituals? I hope you have. That's really important for us. And you know, I really think that Pastor Nathan brought up a great point when he started talking about the Jewish way of thinking about days. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Wendy and I, while we were on sabbatical, we read several books on, on Sabbath. And that was one of the things that, that really kind of helped us um, reimagine what Sabbath is about. And this is this idea, you know, we usually think about days starting in the morning, right? But for Jews, they actually start the day sundown the night before. Sundown the night before. Why is that important? Because that allows us to actually prepare and have a good plan going into the next day, right? If we don't have a good plan the night before, um, we can have actually sabotage what we were hoping to get done, right? Oftentimes, what we do the night before or even our lack of planning for the morning can, can me mess up our whole day, 
even before I get started. So work on that routine in the morning. Let's make sure that we are ready to eat the frog. So habit four. You ready for habit four? Habit four actually comes with a story. Way back in 1847, there was a civil engineer named Charles Ellett Jr. who was commissioned to build a suspension bridge over the, the waterway that runs over Niagara Falls. Um, and this was quite the challenge. It was kind of like the gorge in Twin Falls, if you're familiar with that. You have this gorge that's 800 feet deep, and the cliffs on each side are 225 feet high. Um, not to mention all the water that's flowing over this thing, right? Actually, 800 feet wide and 220 feet high. I said that wrong. Um, so how would they even get this project off the ground? How do you even get a project like that started? You know what they decided to do? Anyone know this story? They had a kite flying contest. They had a kite flying contest. And back in 1847, you know, 10 bucks goes a long ways. So they offered a prize of $10 for the kid that could fly his kite all the way across the gorge. So you can imagine, hundreds of kids show up and they're just working at this. It actually went on for a few days. Uh, eventually, 15-year-old Homan Walsh got his kite all the way across and he won his $10 cash prize. He was excited. But more importantly, that was actually where the engineers could grab that kite string. And what did they do? They actually attached a little bit stronger cable to the end of that kite string and pulled that across. And then a little bit stronger cable attached to that, pulled that across. Eventually, they had a rope going all the way across and then a steel cable all the way across. It was a <clears throat> little kite string, but it led to this bigger project, right? The suspension bridge that eventually... Um, a locomotive weighing 200 tons could drive across this thing, right? All because of a kite, kite string. Little things can lead to big things. What's the habit? Fly the kite. Fly the kite. Go ahead and dream big, but stay focused on small things because it's the small things that lead to the big things. That's what this habit's about. And a great example of this, I think, in Scripture is the story of Joseph, um, way back in the latter parts of the book of Genesis. If you remember the story, poor Joseph, he's sold into slavery by who? His brothers of all people, right? Can you imagine your brothers selling you into slavery? And so he finds himself in prison in this foreign country of Egypt. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he wanted to do something with his life, right? And this wasn't it. He was stuck in this prison. So what did he do? Instead of just lying there, feeling sorry for himself, instead of just lying there doing nothing, waiting for his life to change, maybe God to somehow break him out of prison and give him something big to do, what did Joseph do? He simply started where he was. Started flying a kite, doing small things. Small things that were available to him at that moment in time. And they turned into big things. Doing the little things right, can lead to big things, right? Eventually, they lead to bigger opportunities. Do you think that God was actually involved in all these little things that Joseph was doing to actually grow into these big things? Joseph thought he thought God was involved. Near the end of the story, Joseph rescues his brothers, same brothers that had sold them into slavery, right? 
Um, He'd rescued them from famine. And what does he say in Genesis 50, verse 20? It says, you intended to harm me, talking to his brothers, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So winning the day is not always doing something that we think is important. (laughs) We don't always know what's important and what's not, in my opinion. Accomplishing big goals is what we're usually striving for, you know, doing something that will bring fanfare and public honoring and all these things, right? But much of the time, winning the day is accomplished by being faithful in the smaller things. Faithful in the smaller things at first that someday may um, lead to something bigger. Meeting the needs today instead of waiting around for the needs of tomorrow. In the book, When the Day, Batterson actually talks about people who say they're going to give as soon as they make more money, right? Or they're going to serve as soon as they have more time. But he says, you know, that rarely happens. You rarely get to the point if you're not investing in smaller things early on, you'll never get to the point of actually doing the bigger things. If you have not put those habits in your life of taking advantage of little opportunities, we'll never be ready for the big opportunities. So let's not wait to give of our time, talent, treasure until we have more of these things. Let's not wait to serve until we have more time. When we do that, we neglect to realize that, that there are still things that we can do, the small things, that are really important. And they don't don't need a lot of time. They don't need a lot of cash, right? We've got to fly the kite today. Do the little things. Because how you do, the, do anything is how you'll do everything. You think that's true? Do you think it's true that if we choose daily to meet those needs in front of us, even if they're small, that, that God would be honored by that? When you think about it, we oftentimes don't even know for sure something is big or small. It may look small, but God uses small things for amazing things, right? Have you noticed that? And he also notices small things. Remember the story of Jesus watching a poor widow give her offering? Mark 12, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and Watch the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in very two small copper coins worth only a few cents. And then calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put and put in everything, all she had to live on. You think God notices little things? Are there really little things? That's kind of the question that I would ask, right? As Batterson points out in his book, God is all about seemingly small little things. Do you know how many um, species, different species of ants that God created? 12,000. 12,000 species of ants. Who needs that many different kinds of ants, right? But here's God investing, right? 
in the details. Was that a small thing or a big thing? And then you look at beetles. Anyone like beetles? There are 350,000 different species of beetles. Details, right? The small little details. Is that small stuff or big stuff? Imagine the time that it would have taken for God to kind of tweak all these little things, right? Batterson says your heart will beat more than 100,000 times today. 100,000 times. Is that a big thing or a small thing? Big thing for us, right? Circulating five quarts of blood through 100,000 miles of arteries and veins and capillaries. Wow. Just going on inside of us, right? 37 sextillion, whatever that number is, chemical reactions are happening in your body at any given moment. And the combined DNA in all the cells in your body could stretch to the sun and back 61 times. Wow. Think about that. When we think that nothing is going on, is there something going on? Some big things going on, even, even within our human bodies, right? Without, without us even thinking about it. Huge little things are happening, right? And if you think about how God has put that much detail into our bodies, what else is happening in the world that we're not even noticing, right? That God's at work doing. Big things, right? Spatterson says there are no ordinary people. There are no ordinary things. There are no ordinary days. If you're waiting for something big to happen before you jump in, look around, right? Look around. There are some huge things happening around us. Everything that the Lord is involved in, in fact, is important, right? Huge. Sweat the small stuff. He does, right? Sweat the small stuff. Fly the kite. You never know what you might be involved in. From our bodies to the days that we experience, nothing is ordinary. We see that concept even generated in the story in Genesis of creation. Every single day, God did something small, <laughs> right, to add to the bigger picture. One day, he's creating day and night. Just a small thing, right? Big for us, small. <laughs> One day he's making flowers, the grass, trees. Another day he's creating animals. Small things for God, huge things for us. But each day, you notice, each day serves its own purpose, doesn't it? And each day had its own set of victories and Though each day was, was not the full creation, not all that God could have done, it was still a big part of the picture, right? Small goals. <laughs> Again, I put those in parentheses, right? Small little goals that God had that day amounts to this big picture. God doing amazing things day after day after day, and eventually the world becomes what it is. And in the same way, what, do we, what we do daily, our small goals, our small tasks, will lead to a bigger picture of who we are, what we can accomplish over time. Every single day matters. Every single day has purpose, right? There's not a single day that goes by that you cannot make a difference in someone's life, 
Maybe your own. Maybe someone else's, right? I mean, we may see some days as ordinary, boring, nothing going on. But there are so many profound events happening that day <laughs> that we often overlook, right? Think of the old Ray Bolt song. You guys remember that song, um, Thank You for Giving to the Lord? I'm a life that was changed, and you hear this story of all these people coming up to this guy and um, sharing, you know, how, how the little things that he did made a huge difference in their lives, right? None of them, none of them were huge things. They're just little things, but those little things add up to big things. <laughs> One small sacrifice, another small sacrifice, not anything huge, but still very important. Doug Edwards and I were just talking about this the other day. Harold Ensminger passed away this last week. And if you would just, if you heard anything about what Harold said in the last few months of his life, he was unbelievably passionate about his God and passionate about his church. We know where Harold is this morning. Praise the Lord. The church, this church, made a huge impact in his life. And was it because of some huge sacrifice that each of us made? No, these small little things and these small things add up. Flying the kite. And this really does come back to why we do what we do, right? Our motivation for what we do matters, doesn't it? Your motivation matters when it comes to these little things. We can get stuck in this idea that a task, oh, that's just not big enough for me, right? Just not important enough for me to be involved in. We might think something else, um, you know, isn't public enough. I, there's no way I'm going to get the, 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 the compliments and things that I want to get out of this deal. So I'm not even going to try, right? Well, that's ridiculous, <laughs> But it is how some of us are programmed these days. You think about social media, it's difficult to gauge someone's motivation. Sometimes we're doing things to get likes and retweets and, and, and comments. And sometimes people do these grand things just to get a bigger response, right? We want to look important. Look important to who? <laughs> are, you motivated, are you motivated by outward recognition? Are you motivated by applause? Or are you motivated by the mere idea that you can actually offer a helping hand, a meaningful helping hand to someone? Because at the end of the day, that's actually what's important, right? Paul teaches us a very important principle in Colossians chapter 3. He tells us that everything that we do, big or small, we should do as though we're doing them for God, right? You guys know this passage? Make sure you notice as I read it, who it's addressed to. Colossians 3, starting in verse 22. Slaves. He's talking to slaves. How important are their jobs and their tasks during the day, right? Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart. And reverence for who? For the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, 
since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Amen? From the smallest task to the largest responsibility, we must remember that the work we do is not for the approval of anyone here, right? It's all for the glory of God. All for Him. And when we perform for the audience of one, we have our hearts in the right place, right? It's very important in this process to define what the win is, what we're going after. And Batterson's definition of success, I really like. Success is doing the best you can with what you have, where you are. That's a real definition of success, right? Doing the best you can with what you have, where you are. So whether you're having financial success or spiritual success or intellectual success, relational success, whatever it is, it's vital to realize what you're aiming for, right? Remember the teaching that Jesus did in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents? He said that the kingdom of God is like this man going off on a journey, and he entrusts his servants with some of his wealth. He gave one, one of his servants a bag of, or five bags of gold, to another, he gave three bags of gold and, an, and another one, right? And that really sounds like life to me. <laughs> that is kind of the way things seem to look. It, sometimes we're the person that has lots of things from God, right? We're gifted in lots of different ways. And then there's others of us that don't seem to see what we're <laughs> gifted with, right? But we're gifted in God in some ways. But, but either way, big or small, all of us have the same job to do. And that's to invest in what God has given us. Invest what he's given us. And what are we hoping to hear at the end when Jesus comes back? Matthew 25, verse 21. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a lot of things. No, it says a few things, right? You've been faithful with a few things. And I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. I mean, is that true? Is that what we want to hear when we get to the end of the race? Do we want to hear, well done? <laughs> if you're a fan of basketball, there's one person that I'm sure you know, Coach John Wooden. His teams at UCLA, they won all sorts of championships, right? They actually won seven straight national championships in basketball. That's unbelievable, actually. It's hard enough to get one win or back-to-back -back wins, but seven times in a row. You know how he did it? He focused on basic little stuff every day. He's famous for actually taking his incoming teams, and you can just imagine who were on these teams, and they're famous people now from the NBA and all these places. They were all Americans. They're really good basketball players. And he would bring them in on the first day. And you know what the, he would have them do? He'd all have them sit down on the, on the court. <laughs> and he would have them grab a pair of socks. And he would show them how to put the socks on right. No folds, no creases, right? And then he would have them grab their shoes. And he would teach them how to lace their shoes right so that when they put their shoes on and they tied their shoes, 
that, you know, everything was stable, everything was strong. And then he would actually take the time to start teaching them how to tuck in their jerseys properly and then to tie the knot in their shorts. I mean, he went through one thing after another. You talk to his former players and they said, yes, this is the way it was. It was unbelievable. This guy was crazy. But you know why he did it? How you do anything is how you do everything. How you do anything is how you do everything. Wooden is quoted as saying, these seemingly trivial matters taken together and added to many, many other so-called trivial matters built into something very big, namely success. You climb a mountain <laughs> one step at a time. You move a mountain one rock at a time, right? Set small goals, look for small achievements. Over time, you'll notice the big picture coming together, and, and it's all because you were faithful in small things. So as you start your day, every day, be looking for those small things that you can do, small things that you can do well. Be present in the moment. When you're having a conversation with your neighbor, it's not a small thing, right? Be present in the moment when you see a need in someone's life. That's not a small thing. It's in those small things <laughs> that lie the big things. Fly the kite. How you do anything is how you'll do everything. So as we close this morning, what are some of those small things in your life that are actually really big things? Think about it. What are some of those small things in your life that are actually big things? Any that come to mind? Dinner with husband, that's good. That's a big thing, right? You could even say having dinner at a kitchen table would be a big thing, maybe. Even though it's a small thing. Any other small things that are big things? Hanging up clothes in the guest house. Yeah. Shoveling snow. Now, that could be a really big thing. What was that? Praying for a friend or a stranger. I think at times we go through life and we get frustrated because God's not using us to do some huge thing. But maybe we're just not noticing how big our small things are. But God actually can use us to do something amazing <laughs> just by doing some small act. Where do you need to fly the kite? You know, 
honestly, one of the biggest small things um, that we can do is really just starting our day telling God that he can use me however he wants to use me today. Just saying to God, you know what? (laughs) Whatever size the project is, big or small, I'm yours. Today, Lord, use me. What's the key word in there? Lord. Today, Lord, (laughs) use me. Use me. And really, I know that we want to do amazing things for God. I get that, right? But that really isn't our job. (laughs) Our job is to offer ourselves to him for this day. I'm yours this day. I give you myself this day. And then when we do that, God can do amazing things through us and even in us, right? And sometimes we know what those amazing things are. We know they're amazing. And other times we might not know they're amazing until way later, maybe in heaven or maybe never, right? We just don't know. And yet God always gets the glory, right? So I mentioned a few weeks back, this is actually called consecration. Choosing to put ourselves in the hands of God to do with us, whether it's small or big, right? Do with us as he wills. And just let Jesus do the rest. I really like how Batterson talks about it in his book. God, God wants to use both of our hands. And one of our hands usually is a little bit more coordinated, right? For me, that's my right hand. And, and, and when I'm using my right hand, I'm actually leaning into my own giftedness, right? The gifts that God has given us. We know we're good at certain things because God gifted us in those ways. But we also need to lean into our left hand, at least it's left hand for me, our weak hand, because it's in those moments where God has to give us a little bit more of his grace, right? We're not so talented with that, but God can somehow use even our weakness to do something amazing. I really like that thought process. He accomplishes things through us when we aren't gifted and when we're gifted, all for the glory of God. You ready to fly a kite? <laughs> let's, let's pray. Lord God, I do just thank you that you are interested in us. You're interested in our daily life, that you have plans for us, that you want to work in and through us. And Lord God, we do sometimes get frustrated with how mundane our life looks, how ordinary, how simple and small some things feel. But Lord, would you just give us a vision for our lives, a vision as you see them? Would you help us to see the potential and the opportunities around us? Would you help us to see you at work and invite us to join you? Lord God, help us to learn to fly the kite. Help us to learn to take those small things seriously and really lean into them and do them well and just see what you might have in store for those things. Lord, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me as we close?
For our benediction, reading from Colossians 3 again. I think that's a good summary of this flying the kite business. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. So, Lord Christ, you are serving. So, people of God, you're a blessed people. You're blessed with each and every breath that you take. Every breath that we have is a miracle, right? So choose daily this week to fly the kite, to sweat the small stuff, to, to work at seeing these small things that we do as big things, or at least that leads to big things, right? And let's give God the glory for all the things that he does, small or big in our life. You are sent.